Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Friday, September 3rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today is the third in our series of college football previews, and we'll talk about the Missouri Tigers. In a few minutes, you'll hear from head coach Eli Drinkwitz and defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. But before we do, I wanted to share some thoughts and a forecast on the Tigers. Drinkwitz will begin his second season on Saturday when Central Michigan comes to Columbia. The Tigers are a two-touchdown favorite. What would be positive signs from this game? I mean, besides a victory? Well, let's start with quarterback Connor Bazelak. He's starting for the second straight season and looking to take the next step. What does that look like? Well, a bit more efficiency, some better decision-making, more success in the red zone, and frankly, more touchdown passes. He had seven last season to go along with six interceptions. Still, he's more than capable, and after spending an entire offseason as the number one quarterback and taking all the reps with the starters, I expect Basilak to have a strong season. The offense has plenty of returning talent. Three of the top five in terms of receptions are back, including leading receiver Kiki Chisholm. Poised for a big season is running back Tyler Badee. He's a running and receiving threat with a knack for finding the end zone. I think he's going to put up big numbers this season. Four offensive linemen who started at least eight of the ten games are back, as is tight end Daniel Parker. Trajan Jeffcoat is an all-SEC caliber edge rusher who posted six sacks last season. Kobe Whiteside anchors the middle. Linebacker Devin Nicholson, safety Martez Manuel, and cornerback Ennis Regshaw are back, and I'm curious to see how the transfers are going to work in. The Tigers added linebacker Blaze Aldridge from Rice and a pair of quarterbacks from Tulsa, Allie Green the fourth, and a Caleb Evans. The defense will be operating from a 4-2-5 base under new coordinator Steve Wilkes, and expectations are high for improvement. The Tigers surrendered 100 points in their final two games last year. The kicking game is in good shape. Harrison Mavis, the thicker kicker, made 17 of 20 field goals last season. Punter Grant McKinnis averaged 43.1 yards per kick. So those are the major players. How does it add up? For the star, I predicted an 8-4 and four record, 5-3 and three in the SEC. With that kind of season, you could see Mizzou on the edge or just inside the top 25. Nationally, I've seen Missouri picked third or fourth in the SEC East, sort of jockeying positions with Kentucky, and those programs meet next week, early season showdown in Lexington. But I'm a bit more bullish on the Tigers. I like the experience at quarterback and offensive line. I really like the new defensive coordinator. And I believe Drinkwitz is a rising star in the business who has won big games in his two seasons as a head coach. Okay, let's hear from Drinkwitz. This is from a meeting with reporters earlier this week, and then after a break, we'll hear from Steve Wilkes, the new defensive coordinator. How different do you feel this season headed into week one versus how you might have felt last year going to play Alabama? Well, I mean, I see y'all in person, which is totally different than what it was last year. I think things are a lot different, you know, having anticipation for what a home field at Faroe is going to look like. You know, that's going to be unique and, and, and uh, exciting. Um. But, yeah, I think anytime you go into a week one opponent, you're, you're never quite sure where you're at. You, you kind of got a general idea, but until you play a game against an opponent, you're not really sure what you got. And, and uh, so that's kind of what's going on in my mind. What are some of those areas specifically that, that you feel like you never kind of know until you see guys in a real game action? All of them. All of them. Um, I don't think you can take anything for granted. 
whether it's the quarterback position with returning experience, the kickers, um, you know, what you did last year has nothing to do with what you're going to do this year. Your preparation, your uh, work ethic, your ability to get ready and re- kind of recreate uh, what your identity is going to be has to be about, you know, has to be part of your DNA of what you want to become. And, and um, I, I think whether it's, you know, the veteran experience on the D-line or the offensive line or the quarterback position or the wide receiver position, those guys still got to go prove it. No, nobody's going to give them anything. We're certainly not giving them anything. And so we got to go prove it, uh, what we have. And, and we got to show how much better or how much more we've improved. Considering you had normal continuity in the offseason, what, what, where do you, what do you feel like that provides for you going into this year that you didn't have all the service stuff? Define normal. I mean, we put in a new defensive scheme, uh, had five transfers. I just, I don't think there is, an, I, I think there's no such thing as normal anymore. I think you're constantly going to be um, having to forge an identity based off of what each individual circumstance is. And so, I mean, obviously we didn't have the disruptions um, for COVID, but, you know, we still get the, the SEC rules handed out yesterday and you still got tests test once a week and you still got breakthrough cases that are happening. So I think we're all just going to take it one day at a time, like a good coach speak would, would say. You like had a full spring and a full camp to see Steve's defensive plays installed. How do you feel about what you have there? Are you more equipped with his defense going into the season? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel very comfortable with what the scheme that we're trying to, to install. And I feel like our defense is very comfortable in what we're asking them to do and, and the rules that are, you know, the adjustments that they have. Um, but we haven't been tested by fire yet. We haven't had the adversity of being down or giving up points on a scoreboard. And so we're going to have to see how all that comes together, whether it's our defensive staff working together, whether it's me reacting to what occurs in the game or making adjustments, uh, you know, defenses and giving up a big play and figuring out how to fix it on the sideline. So I think there's a lot of questions that still have to be answered. Uh, I have a lot of confidence. Obviously, Steve's been coaching football for a long time and, and knows what it takes and our staff knows what it takes. But again, just like uh, anything else, until you really do it, you're not going to be quite sure where the deficiencies are and what has to be fixed. The lines aren't super commonplace for true freshmen to come in and play, but you got Connor, Makai Wingo, and Arden Walker out here on your on your depth chart. I mean, what's it say about those guys that, that they've been able to come in and put themselves in that position? Well, I think it, it says a couple of things. We're recruiting high-level players, uh, and it, it says these guys have the right kind of stuff. Uh, you know, obviously, Connor uh, has played a lot of tackle for us, but we've moved him into the center position. He's really taken off and grown with it, and and, uh, you know, he's a guy that's athletically gifted and physical and got the right mindset. And so I think, you know, the future is really bright for him and we trust him in a game situation. Makai Wingo has been a guy that has been a really good defensive player for a long time. I know he was the Metro player of the year in St. Louis last year. And so, you know, he just comes in with the right work ethic and mindset. He's got quickness, plays with unbelievable effort. You know, Arden Walker, uh, has really done the same thing. And, and so those guys have, have earned the positions that they're in. There's a guy that Coach Wolves has both spoken highly of throughout the offseason. Going back to last year, what was the conversation like when you asked him to play on that side of the ball? And, and what did you see from him in that Mississippi State game that led to all the things? This is where he should, uh, he should stay. You know, in the recruiting process, 
we knew he was a dynamic athlete. He played quarterback, played a little bit of, of corner. Um, you know, we th- knew he could play slot, um, but just felt like he had the ability to play a lot of different positions. And, and last year in the spring, without knowing where the depth and all the different things were going to be, we, we, we knew we had a need in that position. You know, and obviously he did some things in the Mississippi State game um, to be able to do that. You know, I think it, it's a pretty remarkable for us to have two players who played significant minutes last year for us on the offensive side of the ball. And in week one uh, on defense, we're going to play significant uh, minutes, whether it's Chris Abrams-Drain or Sean Robinson. And the only way you can do that is to dedicate yourself. One, you got to be a tremendous athlete, uh, but you also have to dedicate yourself to knowing the schemes and put in extra work and extra hours. And I think both of those guys uh, – I don't think I know they have done that, and I'm excited to see uh, how that bears fruit for them this season. Um, Jay Mack will be out week one. Mookie would be questionable. I think we're going to go into a new protocol where on Thursdays, is that right, Molly? We'll we'll release more of an NFL style update where we'll just say, hey, who's probable, who's out, who, or who's questionable, who's doubtful, and who's out. And that way I don't have to, um, you know, every every Tuesday give updates. Really for us, our policy is if you practice on Thursday, you got a chance to play. If you don't practice by Thursday, you're out. So that's why we'll give it to you all on Thursday. And I don't know if you'll email that, Molly. Or, yes, sir. Yeah. So. You know, is it right? Carlisle has had a penalty last year where he missed early that this year. Yeah, J.C. had a targeting penalty uh, against Mississippi State in the second half, and so then he has to miss the first half. We appealed um, for COVID reasons, and they didn't accept it. So I was pretty down about it, but figured with the transfer waiver, they'd waive the targeting penalty too, but I guess not. How comfortable are you sending Connor Basel out there? How much do you think he's grown this offseason and have a full healthy? You know? I mean, I'm confident he'll catch a snap. Um, but we'll find out. He didn't have to play in front of a lot of fans last year, so he's got a whole new set of issues. You know, last year, not a lot of pressure coming in and performing. Um, now he's had an offseason of everybody telling him how good he is and patting him on the back. So we'll make, you know, we'll find out how much Kool-Aid he drank or how much focus he has. And, and um, you know, I think he's got the right stuff. I, I believe we've prepared him the right way. And, and um, but, you know, Praise and blame are all the same. You can't get caught up in, in it either way. And so um, that's what we'll, we'll be testing ourselves on Saturday with. I know you, you talked about the first game deal and how you don't know what you have. Is this year any different at all? Because so many teams across the country, and I'm not sure where Central Michigan falls, but are bringing back more guys than, than usual? Yeah, I think it's extremely unique. Um, you know, when you look at Central Michigan, I mean, we have, what, 16 returning starters on offense, defense, and then we have four returning starters on special teams. Uh, Central Michigan, like I said, could have re- returned 11 starters on defense, but they've had some adjustments offensively. They had a couple of guys hit the portal, a couple of guys come back from 29 injury. I mean, you're talking about a team that's got, you know, well over 30 players who've played in a lot of football games. Uh, and then you got the addition of transfers, and so uh, it's it's a it's as unique a thing as I've seen. Um, and I think all of us are kind of just trying to figure out where we're at after week one. Connor playing in front of larger crowds this year, a lot of coaches have different ways they deal with that. I mean, what's that conversation like with him? And have you done anything in the off season to get him used to that? 
noise, distraction, atmospheres, or anything you can do to replicate? Um, I mean, we, we practice against noise uh, every day just to prepare ourselves for the road environments that we'll uh, get in, 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 the, in the season. I'm not really too, I guess I should say, I'm not really worried about the crowd as much as just making sure that we're not pressing to make plays or pressing to impress people. You know, the play doesn't care who makes it. You just need to go out there and execute the play the way it's designed and take what the defense gives you. So uh, as long as we do that, we're not pressing or trying to impress people or, uh, you know, get caught up in the hype or trying to have the pressure to perform, um, then we'll be fine, you know. but when you get in trouble is when you're feeling that pressure, like I've got to do something to, you know, warn all the hype or warn all the publicity and all that. And that's what you really got to avoid. You got to have a, you know, neutral thinking. And uh, again, the player doesn't care who makes it. Uh, you've been mentioning all season that uh, the offensive line is going to be your best five guys in game one. You've got five returners here, uh, the, 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 the one's fault. Um, just kind of what experience um, inside that, but this offensive line. Yeah, I think um, all these guys, we had some really good battles all fall camp. We've mixed with a lot of different um, lineups to see who kind of gelled together, and and we'll mix in some lineups during the the course of the game. So, you know, these guys, Javon Foster's had an unbelievable offseason and has earned his opportunity, you know, and and we'll get some reps with Zeke. You've got Connor Wood and Xavier uh, Xavier Delgado, obviously Michael Mayetti and Case Cook and Hiron White. Now Hiron didn't play at all last year, so there's going to be a little bit of, you know, nerves coming back from that and, and anxiety there. So, and especially going to be matched up against one of the better players in the conference, one of the best players in their conference, and one of the better players that we'll see all year at their defensive end with with the Harrison young man. So, uh, you know, we got our hands full. Obviously, those guys have experience. Um, but we're going to need to play physical in the trenches and protect the quarterback if we have any chance of, of moving the football effectively. You know, there's a guy that you last year wanted to the job outright, and I don't see anyone that's his name on the depth chart, and I know a lot of guys will play, but has he taken another step you feel this offseason where he can contribute in year two? Yeah, I mean, um, Ennis does uh, a great job of being a competitor um, and really took his game to the next level with the addition of some transfers does what we ask him to do, puts in the work. Uh, I, I think he made a significant contribution for us last year if you're a true freshman and, and playing in all 10 games. So I don't think he has to do anything more than just continue to try to improve every day, and and, uh, and he's done that so far. Is it any different in the preparation, the approach, or really just treat it the same? Yeah, for us, it, it doesn't matter who the opponent is, where the opponent is. It's 1-0 each week. We have a process that we replicate, um, and we have a process for a week one opponent that we replicate, that I've been replicating since I've been a head coach. So uh, it doesn't matter if it's a non-conference or a conference opponent for us. It's the same process uh, for our team. And this is the only opponent that we can play. It's the only opponent that we have control of. And there's all kinds of different things and outcomes when you play in a week one game that, that you got to be prepared for, whether it's you know, guys catching punts on the one-yard line and throwing them forward or motion penalties or bad snaps or, I mean, just crazy things that, that just seem to always pop up in week one. Um, so I, I think more for us it's just about preparing for that week one opponent and making sure that we've got our checks and balances in for – you know, how we're going to communicate on the sideline, how we're going to communicate in-game situations, 
making sure we get substitutions on and off the field, making sure we're aware of the clock, making sure we're understanding where we need to be at halftime. How are we going to react when these situations occur, whether we're up or down or give up a big play or, you know, how are we rotating players in, keeping guys fresh? What's our plan at the heat? You know, so those are really the things that I'm worried about, not whether it's a, a conference versus a non-conference style game. Coach, is, is there a message that you send to the players about channeling that nervous energy that, that might be unique to week one? I, I think the biggest thing that you can do as a, a competitor is focus on the things that you can control uh, within a game. You know, when you play in a game, really all you can control is the attitude and effort that you play every play with. And then you can control knowing your assignments and executing those at a high level. I think what happens, um, whether it's game one, game six, any game, big moments, you lose focus in the moment, whether it's the previous play or the worry about the scoreboard or worried about what people might say or what the fans' reaction to it is. You know, we have a this play philosophy where the only thing that matters is this play and focusing on executing this play. Um, you cannot do anything about the previous play, and you've got no control over the final score. The only thing that really matters is this play. And it kind of ties into us uh, on our one and over mentality. Like, you know, you got 12 games on the schedule, but the only one that really matters is this week, this one. And you've got to focus all your energy, all your effort on on this game and the only way you can get ready to play for Saturday is to have a great practice today and the only way to have a great practice today is to make sure that you have great meetings and the only way you can have a great meeting is to be there on time with a notebook pencil and paper ready to take notes and so you break it down into that focus and then when you do those things consistently and you have a great repetition uh, by doing it uh, that's when the flywheel starts flying a little bit faster. That's when things are a little bit smooth, and when things are smooth, they get fast. And so that's for us to keep it playing fast and eliminating the nerves. All the talk about nerves and crowd and stuff for players, it, it, I mean, you've been coaching a while, but is there still, whether it's the night before or when you take the field, a moment of, not nerves, but, you know, anticipation and just that feeling? I think for me it's just a moment of soaking it up and, and um, just – being grateful. You know, I opened this press conference thinking about 13 brave American soldiers and knowing how blessed I am to be in this country to coach a game of football. You know, I never lose sight of that. And so whether it's, you know, I go out, I usually go out pretty early and, and just kind of look around and say a few words and, and um, just remember how fortunate we are and fortunate I am to get to be the head football coach at the University of Missouri and, and how fortunate I've been over the course of my career. And really whatever happens next is, is kind of icing on the cake. Just your message to the fans, uh, make sure that they all show up to Brookfield on I don't know what else they got to do. I mean, it's time to put up, really. You know, we've done a lot. Um, there's been a lot of people engaged in a lot of things over the last 18 months to try to get this thing going. Um, and and uh, real credit to the city of Columbia, they've painted Mizzou downtown. Um, you know, we've got Tiger Paws on Champion Street. We've, we've got some downtown initiatives. We've just kicked off a of black and gold Fridays. Like, it's time. It, it, it really is time. 
Um, let's put it all together. I'm not promising victories and all that every Saturday. I'm just saying, hey, man, it, it's time to get in and, and let's get the fans here and, and uh, let's go. Let's see what we can be. We're excited to put a great product on the field and, and um, we're excited to play. Our guys have put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this season and to this moment. Some guys have sacrificed a lot to come back. Some guys are sacrificing their, their bodies right now to try to get back in time and, and it'd be awesome to be rewarded with a great crowd. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Very exciting time, man. It's game week um, here at Mizzou, so uh, everybody's excited. It's been a long time since January the 7th, 27th when we had our first meeting. And uh, going through uh, spring uh, training camp, even when you go back and look at uh, our morning conditioning workout, so it seemed like it was uh, like years ago, but now we're here. And everybody's excited to, to go against a uh, new opponent, and that opponent is uh, Central Michigan. Uh, they're a pretty good football team, well-coached. Um, you know, when you look at some of the uh, guys that have left up front with their offensive line, they're still pretty good. Those guys are solid. And they have a veteran leadership up there with uh, Kimbrough, the center, who directs everything from a standpoint of protections and getting everybody in the right position. Um, you know, they lost a dynamic running back who I thought had uh, definitely NFL potential, but they, they're not going to miss a beat. You know, when you look at Nichols, number seven, I think it's Bracey, 24. I think he's going to be two this year. Um, uh, those guys are very capable of running the football and making some things happen. Templeton, uh, 88, uh, he's a game changer. So uh, we're going to have our hands full without a doubt. So we got to come ready to play. we got to be disciplined in the things that we're doing. Uh, uh, assignment execution is going to be key for us and fundamentals and technique, everything that we've been preaching. And I don't know exactly who's going to be a quarterback. Um, they have some experience coming back, and then they have the transfer, the young man coming from Washington. So uh, it doesn't matter who's back there, that offense is going to be efficient. So with that, I'll take your questions. Steve, uh, I know obviously you didn't coach uh, when, when the two guys were on offense, but how unusual was it to have guys like Sean and Chris that have been able not only to make that transition to the other side of the ball, but to put themselves in position to, to be playing for you? 
Oh, I, I think it's good. I think when you look at their expertise on that side of the ball, it's a plus when you come on the defensive side because they understand a lot of the things that the offensive players are trying to do. So uh, they have progressed uh, throughout the spring, throughout training camp, and uh, they have positioned themselves to really help us win a lot of football games this year. I can't wait to see those two guys play. Give us your first game in a while. Uh, what did you miss most about coaching last year? Just the game day part of it. Uh, I think everybody sort of missed the, uh, the the game day excitement with the fans, the atmosphere, and I've heard nothing but great things about SEC, you know, football on Saturday, the fans, the tailgating. So just to get back on the sideline and have our fans uh, back in Faro, uh Field is going to be exciting for us and, and, and the players. I can't wait. You got a five, 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 I'm excited. Again, I think it's just going to be uh, fun for everybody just to be able to get back to some normalcy and uh, just to be able to see the fans and the tailgating coming in with, you know, the Tiger Walk and, you know, pregame having guys in the stands. And uh, it's exciting. So uh, we're looking to try to put on a great show and start this season off the right way. I think every coach is just looking for, you know, sound football. I think when you have the first game, as you guys probably saw last week, just a lot of mistakes, you know, not playing smart, doing different things. And I think you got to, you know, you can't beat yourselves. It's hard enough to win on Saturdays. And the one thing you can't do is beat yourself. So we got to execute uh, fundamentals and technique, as I just mentioned, and just play sound football. You know, tackling is always a key in that first game. We got to be great tacklers, and it's not just going to be the first guy. We got to have, you know, 11 guys get into that football. I definitely think it's an unknown. I really don't like to use the word fear uh, because, you know, when you have the proper preparation, that eliminates fear. And we're trying to do everything we can to prepare these guys the right way so when they step on the field, they're very confident. You mentioned Pimpleton. I mean, I know he's a guy that gets the ball in a lot of different ways. Is he one of these guys that the first thing you got to do is kind of identify where he's going to be? quite a bit and I think you know always we, we talk about this all the time the formation is talking to us we got to listen with our eyes so we got to identify where certain guys are aligned within the formation uh, he is definitely one uh, he is a game changer when he gets the ball in his hand so it's very important that everybody on the defense know where he's aligned Somebody already mentioned the unknown. You don't know, you know. So it's, it's again, it's just always constantly talking about and preaching the fundamentals and technique of the game because that's that's what really shows up or lack of in that first game. So you know, staying in your gap. You know, we always talk about using our weapons: eyes, hands, hips, and feet. You know, locking out, shedding. You know, we got to do a great job of protecting the perimeter of the defense, setting the edges. You know, they do a great job of really trying to get outside with the jet sweeps and you know all the things that they do for us trying to get to. The perimeter defense, so that's going to be the main thing for us. Uh, 
Uh, I just think it's the uh, the versatility that we use within the scheme uh, at that position. You have to, you know, be a great cover guy as much as they try to spread you out. And those guys having corner skills uh, helps them out. And then also just that ability to be able to blitz off the edge. You know, we do a lot of rotation and doing certain things within the coverage. So, you know, just having that skill set to be able to play on the space is huge. When you when you well, one, I learned that they got crazy formations, you know, and uh, a lot of a lot of these formations are, are illegal in, in the NFL. So uh, just identifying, you know, who's eligible and who's dead, who's not, who can go out. And sometimes the tempo is so fast that that's the reason why they do it, to allow you not to be able to see it. So, um, again, just recognize all the different sets and just trying to get our guys in the best position so they can play fast. I think they progress uh, well. Uh, when you look at getting here in the summer, and then not not really having the opportunity to go through spring, uh, you can tell right now they're just really grasping and picking up the defense with everything that we're doing. But I'm very pleased with where they are. I think they're going to be a great addition, as I said before, and they're going to help us win a lot of football games. So I'm, ex- I'm excited that they're here. Hey, talk about uh, proper preparation. Uh, this coming into the season, talk to you a little bit about the dedication you Well, when you look back um, in the spring, we created uh, different, what I call, we put guys on bus. We read the energy bus book and we had different guys as the bus drivers, their captains, and we drafted players uh, on their bus. So we had D-linemen, linebackers, and DBs. And what they really did throughout the whole spring and summer, they taught each other the defense. The defensive line was teaching the DBs their responsibilities up front. And the DBs were also teaching the, uh, the D-line. So it was amazing to get a defense alignment up there and tell him to go through the adjustments on the board. And he knew exactly what the defense or backs were supposed to be doing on certain adjustments. So uh, that's one thing that I'm very proud of. They took the initiative to really teach and learn from one another. So uh, that's been the key thing with us. And just the mere fact that they went out a lot of times on the weekend on their own, you know, and really went through their own walkthrough. So they've shown a lot of dedication, and now we're here, and we're ready to go play. I'll be on the field uh, right now, but, you know, I think it's just, you know, your genre and really trying to see exactly what's best for you. I'm a little aggressive at times, so sometimes probably the box is the best place for me, but we'll see how it goes the first game. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Links to stories about Mizzou football can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And of course, they are posted first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. Read about what's going on with the Chiefs, the Royals, the colleges, the soccer teams, and more. How do you get it? Go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Hey, and I wanted to call your attention to something new. Maybe you know about the Stars E-Edition. 
That's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Now there is an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the e-edition, there is a box in the upper right-hand corner. Click on that and you can access a sports page that includes all the evening news like the Royals and all the baseball games. So however you get the star, I want to thank you because you're supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode.